All right. Well, welcome back to our second episode of the KSHSAA Covered Podcast. Uh, I'm Brent Maycock, uh, here along with my co-hosts, Mac Moore, Scott Pass, and Ricky Peterson. Um, podcast brought to you by Capital Federal, our sponsor here at Casey Covered. And we, uh, we are doing these on a bi-weekly basis and breaking down high school athletics and activities across the state of Kansas uh, this year and, and going forward. So um, before we get started, uh, a shout out for the intro song that you just heard, uh, created by Jacob Mann, who we featured here uh, as our Cap Fed True Blue Student of the Week a couple weeks back. Uh, Jacob's a student at Lewisburg High School, uh, very musically gifted, and a, a few weeks ago released a track called Take a Breath on music streaming services such as Apple Music and Spotify. So check that out, uh, and thanks to Jacob for lending that, uh, that music to, to our intro for our podcast. And, uh, you know, getting back into it, you know, the first podcast, we talked a little bit about, uh, a lot about football season, and here we are halfway through the season, and and uh, guys, uh, what what stands out to you right now at the halfway point, especially maybe a few surprise teams out there that uh, have really kind of opened some eyes that, that maybe we didn't expect? You know, I mean, I think there's teams that are having good seasons that we maybe saw coming, but are there any guys, teams out there that just jump out at you? Uh, Scott, we'll start with you, then go to Ricky and then Mac, um, that, you know, really has kind of caught your eyes from your area, especially. Yeah, I would, I would say right now down here in the Wichita area, uh, Wichita Independent, I'll, I'll give a shout out to them. They, are, they have been a program that has struggled for the better part of two decades, and, and they made the, the hard decision to go down to eight-man football this year, or eight-player football, and, and they are off to a 4-0 start. Uh, it's, it's been a good, uh, a good September for them, and they are getting ready to kind of head into the meat of their district schedule. Uh, but that program – um, that's a that's a program that just hasn't won four games in many seasons, and they're off to a four zero start for the first time since 1999. So uh, the Panthers have, have have got a good thing going. Uh, it's one of those things where it's been beneficial for them to 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 make the step down from from eleven player to eight player, and and uh, they're really the one that's starting to catch some attention here uh, in the Wichita area. Uh, you know, otherwise, uh, you know, as far as the South Central Kansas area for football th- this week the, that we're heading into. I kind of liken it to the week before Christmas. Uh, there, there's, there's still some Christmas parties. There's still some, uh, some uh, presents to unwrap here with, with some matchups like uh, 4-0 Hutchinson Trinity uh, at 4-0 Inman here on Friday night. Uh, I would say Trinity is one of those that, that maybe we didn't count on to be up there uh, at the top of the rankings, but, but here they are with a great opportunity on Friday night. And uh, uh, so that's, that's another team I'd probably put in there. Uh, and, and the Christmas thing I allude to is October seventh down here is 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 where you've got some monster matchups coming and uh, Mays will be at Derby. Uh, uh, obviously, a lot of interest in the recruiting circles with that one. Uh, in Class Three A, uh, number one Andale will be traveling to number two Collegiate next week, and and then uh, Capen and Carroll, uh, the two Catholic schools here in Wichita, will be playing at uh, uh, the minor league baseball stadium downtown. So. October seventh is kind of Christmas morning here. I would say with with uh, this week's schedule, though, there's still some good matchups and and uh, but right now, uh, as far as, it's kind of the smaller schools that are making some waves as far as surprises with uh, Wichita Independent and, and uh, Hutch Trinity. How about you out west on on, on the western side, Rick? Well, uh, the Great West Activities Conference is kind of pretty intriguing right now. You got 
four and oh teams in Hugoton and uh Holcomb and then Scott City last year, you know, they were coming they had their first losing season, I think, in thirty-five years. And they looked really, really tough against TMP last week. Uh you know, I think that was one of the most dominant defensive efforts I've seen. TMP finished with negative 22 yards of total offense. Uh, the score ended up 28-14, but it was only because Cade Harris for TMP had two non-offensive touchdowns. Uh, Brady Welker really, really runs the hard ball. The really, really runs hard for Scott City, and then uh, the defense was just, like I said, incredible. So, you know, we'll kind of see uh who separates themselves in that conference because we got a big we got a big one this week between uh Hugoton and Scott City so that's kind of intriguing uh you know other than that I'm really in two weeks I'm really looking forward to uh Mead and uh Wichita County I think you know those are in eight-man division one those are two teams that are right at the top and that that's going to be one one heck of a matchup uh Wichita County just you know, really, really prolific, prolific offense, and me doesn't look like they've lost a step after winning eight man D one last year. So, um, and then uh, the Wax, I think the Wax pretty strong last year. I mean, again this year, uh, Garden City really played Hayes tough, and they're off to a three and one start. So, you know that that kind of covers it for me. What about you, Mac? Yeah, I think uh, one for me is uh, right now uh, our game of the week. Uh, this week's going to be Coffeeville Wamigo and uh, Coffeeville out to a four and zero start. This is the first time they've won more than two games since twenty eighteen. Uh, first time they've gotten out to a four and zero start since uh, they started five and zero in twenty thirteen, and that's when uh, they make their deep run. Uh, in the playoffs that year, so that's kind of like the golden moment for the Golden Tornado. And uh, right now, uh, they're putting it together. Uh, had a couple great weeks from Aaron Tunstall at running back. Uh, sadly, he broke his leg in the final minute uh, of their second game of the year. Uh, they found a way to plug in Jeremy Colbert and keep that rolling. And so uh, now their biggest, uh, you know, toughest matchup is going to be Wamigo on Friday night. But uh, you know, no matter the result of that game, uh, they're doing some some great stuff down there at Field Kinley and Coffeeville. Uh, uh, another one for me that I I don't know how much of a surprise, uh, but because last year I thought they might be this good and it didn't quite happen. Uh, Eudora uh, out at four and zero and just dismantling teams. Uh, they were one that when you looked at the roster heading into last year, you know you got a uh, top national recruit in Jaden Ham. Uh, you got a bunch of skill players right now. Uh, Octavius Lyles, uh, senior running back, he has over 600 yards and 10 touchdowns through four games. Uh, but they had all these pieces last year, and it just didn't quite come together the way that it has. And now you're seeing that really show through. So I don't know how much of a surprise it is, but uh, it, it is good seeing that the Cardinals have found a way to uh, take a lot of really talented athletes and get them uh, to work to be in a, a top 4A team this year. Yeah, in, in my area, uh, you know, I got a good game this week. Council Grove and West Franklin, two teams out of the Flint Hills League that both are 4-0 uh, this year. And I know Council Grove won just one game last year and, and was uh, – 
gave up the most points of any team in Class 3A a year ago, and they've really turned things around and, and posted shutouts in their first three games this year. So they've uh, – and they passed a big test last week and beaten unbeaten Humboldt last week. And so now they go up against West Franklin, a team that uh, they want to – double or triple overtime game against Central Heights earlier this year, came from behind last week to win. So that'll be an intriguing matchup uh, to see who's kind of ready to step up and maybe challenge Osage City for the top team in the Flint Hills League. And then, you know, another surprise team for me is a little bit here is a three and one Shawnee Heights. You know, they, they uh, last year, five and five team and then started off with a loss to Piper, but they've really come on the last, uh, last three weeks and last week. Very impressive in shutting out uh, Baser Linwood 27 to nothing. Uh, running back Alan Ballman has just been a beast of late. Uh, two 200 plus yard games in the last three weeks, including like 283 last week against Baser. So Shawnee Heights uh, really, really uh, making the move and, and off to their best start in several years. Uh, so they're a great team. And then, you know, last week, Will Bunty, I thought, had a really signature victory uh, beating Smith Center uh, coming from behind in the fourth quarter with two touchdowns late to, to be a you know, Smith Center team that every year you talk about them being one of the best teams in Class 1A, always a state championship contender. And for Wabunsi to, uh, to win that game really uh, really was a, maybe one of the program's most signature wins that they've ever had. Last year they beat Centralia, and that was the first time they'd, they'd ever done that. And so, um, you know, Wabunsi kind of opened some eyes at 3-1 and one as well, uh, lost to Troy in the first week, but has bounced back strong with them so yeah some great stories uh you know across the state uh and uh some, you know some great games coming up we got the war on 24 this week silver lake and rossville and you know it's kind of interesting they're both two and two and, and i don't i don't remember the last time those two teams were, took those kind of records into their annual uh annual rivalry showdown so but it's still going to be a typical rossville silver lake type of game it'll be Actually, be the first one I've missed in a while because I'm going to be heading out to Coffinville, Wamego for the for the game of the week. So I won't get to see uh, this version of it, but they typically end up meeting in the playoffs as well. So I might catch them down the road. Um, but um, yeah, some just some great games uh, this week. I I saw Manhattan Manhattan Washburn Rural last week. This week, Rural and Junction City play each other. Junction City coming off a big win over Bishop Carroll last week. So. You know, we're starting to hit the home stretch, and when we do our next podcast, we'll really be into it, and, and the playoff picture will be taking some shape, and we'll kind of start looking ahead to uh, maybe what uh, what some key matchups leading in the playoffs uh, will be going into uh, in our next podcast. So, um, so that's that catches us up on some football. Let's turn our attention. Uh, you know, we talked about just talk about postseason nearing, getting near for football. It's really getting near for golf and tennis, and when we do our next podcast in two weeks we'll be right on the cusp of state championship uh tournaments for tennis that weekend and then golf the following monday and tuesday and uh you know it's hard to believe that that those seasons are already coming to an end and uh you know mac you've seen some good tennis up in the kansas city area and always have good ten- tennis up in the kansas city area you know always littered with the top contenders in classics they obviously what uh, what have you seen so far from from the tennis meets you've been out to well, I, I think for 6A, I think uh, we know the story because it hasn't changed in the last few years. Shawnee Mission East uh, not only has, you know, the best doubles team uh, in the state over the last few years, 
uh, they the best two, uh, and it doesn't look to be much different this year. Uh, Bryson Langford and, and Greta Steckschulte have uh, still undefeated in uh, doubles play this year. Uh, haven't had to go up against uh, their teammates, uh, Abigail Long and Katie Schmidt, who are also undefeated uh, in doubles play this year. And, uh, you know, to this point, uh, those latter two, their only losses have been uh, against their teammates, Langford and Steckschulte. Those are the only ones that have taken them down. Uh, so they're going to be on a collision course as always. I think in singles, uh, we have something uh, a little interesting. Uh, we had the uh, KC Invitational out at the Plaza Tennis Center in Kansas City. And the single, it didn't get finished. We did uh, heat restrictions, ended up making it where they just kind of had to uh, call it uh, in the semifinals for most of the brackets. But before that happened, we had a rematch of the 6A uh, singles final from last year. We had Manhattan's Jillian Harkin versus uh, Blue Valley, or sorry, uh, losing my mind here, Blue Valley Northwest, uh, Emily uh, Shazan. And this was one where Harkin uh, won that one last year, 6 4 6 4. It was somehow even closer than just having that. There were moments uh, where. Uh, Harkin could have uh, dropped a game and ended up losing a set, but she powered through the finish there in both of those sets to win. But this time, uh, Shazan ends up taking Harkin down 8-3 in the semis, which uh, that will be an interesting one. And it would have also been great to see what that final was going to be. Free State's Kinsley Van Pelt is undefeated at the moment, and that would have been the final, uh, but we didn't get to see that match. So as we start heading in, today's uh, Sunflower League tournament's already underway. We got the EKL this week, and it'll be interesting to see uh, how the singles uh, gets worked out here for these in 6A, uh, even though maybe not as much drama happening in the, the double side of the bracket. Yeah, that singles looks uh... Uh, you know, Harkin hasn't suffered a whole lot of losses in her career, so that uh, I'm sure that'll stoke her for a potential rematch. But you know, six A singles always is, is such high quality. Uh, you know, you you've had Blue Valley North, Cali Flanagan in recent years, uh, Blue Valley Northwest, Alyssa Prinyaru, um a few years ago who was the state champion. So uh, that six A singles final or field is always a fun one to watch, and it sounds like it's going to be. Very good to watch this year. And I think 5A singles is going to be very wide open and interesting this year. Um, you know, last year it was Reagan Bolesky uh, beating, beating Bryn Steven from Bishop Carroll uh, for the championship after after Steven had won in regionals, I believe. Um, but this year, you know, I think everybody thought maybe Steven would be the favorite, but she got knocked off by uh, Salina Central Montoya. And Scott, you want to talk about, I mean, it seems like 5A singles is going to be a, a wide open battle this year. Yeah, as you alluded to, I, I think any you know, there's a lot of singles players in this Wichita area that that have a a great resume, but they're like you said, they're they're players that are nipping at their heels, and and Stephen is definitely one that's uh, uh, you know she had great success last year, but that the the loss to to Montoya from Salina Central was a uh, you know maybe a bit of a surprise, and that's I, I really agree with you on on five A being wide open, and I, I think you can just take it on down a level with with the four A singles as well. Um, you know, Isabella Siebitz is from Wichita Trinity is a player who was injured last year and she's back this year, uh, a past state champion in singles. And, 
and uh, uh, you know, back looks like she's back in form. But but uh, uh, Topeka Hayden's Ainsley Zuleta has knocked her off. So so there's you know that'll make for an intriguing four uh, A singles uh, uh, run. And then down in three three two one A, Emma Montavani is you know she's a two time single state champion. Already has three losses this year though, so she's not you know definitely not a, a sure thing either. So. Good players, good players who've been around a long time down here uh, in the in singles tennis uh, in the Wichita area, uh, but certainly no lock to to uh, to you know to add a to add a state title to the resume. Um, you know, in doubles, I think going back to five A, I think that's five A doubles is is pretty intriguing from from a, from the uh, you know the standpoint of, of deep competition down here in the Wichita area. Andover Central has two outstanding uh, doubles teams, and Briar Jeffrey and, and Maya Chan and and uh, the McKinley Evans and Grace Schaefer, uh, Evans and Schaefer are, are kind of the, the lesser known of those two uh, for the Jaguars, but they pulled off, uh, you know, an, uh, an upset knocked off Andover's uh, uh, Brooke Walker and, and Anna Jittaway gave them their first loss of the season. Those are three, three really solid uh, uh, doubles teams uh, in the 5A competition that, that uh, should be make, you know, have the potential to make a lot of noise uh, here in a couple, in the next couple weeks. So, uh, a lot of intriguing players that have, that have had success, but but there's certainly no guarantees. I think there's there's going to be a lot of wide open competition uh, in regional and state tennis. Yeah, going back to uh, 5A singles, uh, Lauren Sweeney was an undefeated state champion in doubles last year and has moved over to the singles side, and, and she's had a great season. She's had three losses, but two of them are to Zulueta, um, and both in really tough matches. So, she could be somebody that could factor into that 5A singles uh, competition as well. And then uh, I like Hayden as a team in Class 4A with Zulueta leading the way in singles. They got a, their number two singles player is very good and has had a good season. And their number one doubles team of uh, Lauren Sandstrom and uh, Emily Sheets, they just won the city tournament up here where they were the third seed. And the top four seeds, I think it all combined for like three losses. Uh, going into that tournament, so um, they're a very strong doubles team, and you get a, you get a one-two punch like that in a, in in a state competition. That's that's going to make Hayden um, a pretty tough tough team to beat in, in Class Four A, and they've never won a girls' state title. So um, you know we'll talk a little bit more about that next week going into the state tournament. But uh, certainly some great action as we uh, as we ramp down towards the end of the season in tennis, and then uh, you know we're hitting the end of the season in golf as well, and and, uh, you know, there's been some really interesting golf results uh, this year. I, I just did a feature um, on my, from my area on Emporia's sister trio of uh, Avery, Olivia, and Elise Eckert. Avery and Olivia are twins, and Elise is a freshman. They're all together the same year. And all they've done this year is led Emporia to team scoring records and to their first ever Centennial League girls golf title. And when they did that, uh, the sisters went one, two, three individually, which was kind of a pretty cool, pretty cool deal. So knocking off perennial power, Washburn Rural. Uh, Avery won her second straight league title. Olivia took second. And then Elise came through with her best round of the year and finished third. So that was, that was pretty cool. And, you know, Port has had a great season. And I think, uh, you know, they're a team that, that is one to keep an eye on at state. But 5A is just so tough. Uh, it's, it's hard to make ground in 5A. And, Scott, you usually – uh, see the best of what 5A has to offer down in down in Wichita and, and mainly in, in the likes of Capen and uh, you know how good is Capen this year compared to last year? Yeah, I don't I don't know that if 
they're as totally dominant as they were last year. They're still so good. They're still very good. They've got uh, uh, sophomore Meg Tilma and senior Alexa Garrett kind of leading the way for them. And they are out. I mean, they're still winning tournaments by by large margins. But they've also had you know Carol's in, in some league duels have, have given them good competition. Uh, you know, really individually is where where the five A kind of shines down here. And it's with Tilma who is kind of you know. Kinsley Jones last year from Mays as a freshman won all 10 of her, her golf tournaments, won the state title. And, and uh, it's not like she's playing bad this year. So, I mean, I look at her scores and she's still shooting uh, around par. Even last week, she fired a 66 to win uh, the Bueller Invitational at Heston. So, uh, you know, she's, she's still very capable. And, and, and on the day we're taping this, I'm actually looking forward to going over to, to Hutchinson to catch the Hutchinson Invitational where, where Jones will be playing with Mays. And then the three, reigning 3A champion, uh, Margaret Ulrich of, of uh, Wichita Collegiate will be there in that field. So, uh, but yeah, Capen, Capen is probably still the favorite in, in 5A. T- Meg Tilma, the sophomore, uh, you know, whose older sister Kate uh, was on last year's team is now playing at K-State. Uh, Meg's just had a sensational season. It started with the, I think we talked about it the last podcast. She had a, a nine under par round in, in their opening tournament and uh, has gone on and shot a pair of 67s in golf tournaments. So that, that's the thing that's really catching my eye is when you, when you, when you see these results is how many of these, these young players are, you know, breaking par and not just, I mean, we're not just talking one under par, we're talking five, six under par in, in, in rounds. And, and uh, so the, the the, abil- the abilities are are really out there, and there's you know there's even a, a young freshman at Andover, Reagan Dusenberry, who's won a couple tournaments, and, and she's shooting around par and, and breaking par. So, um, you know the, the a lot of times you'll you'll see a result where uh, Kinsley Jones will win a golf tournament by 14 shots or something like. It's just really no surprise because they, these these girls are capable of going low, and I think the the you know Dusenberry will be in that 5A field as well, and and really that 5A tournament. Um, it's it's going to be you know interesting to see just what wins it because th- there's a lot of players down in you know especially down in this area and then you throw in throw in the Eckerts at Emporia um, a lot of girls who are really capable of going low. Yeah, Mac, I think you've got one from your area, Hillary Courier of Blue Valley Southwest, who's easily going to be in that mix as well. I saw her at, over at the Topeka West Invitational and she just dominated that thing. Uh, a couple weeks ago, so I, I, and then Mac, obviously, a lot of six A contenders coming from the Kansas City area. Um, talk a little bit about you know some of the top people in addition to Courier from up there. Yeah, and Courier's been having uh, an amazing year, and she's still got some uh, really good competition. Actually, ended up finishing uh, second in the first leg of the Eastern Kansas League tournament. Uh, Jenny Kim of Blue Valley West. Uh, you know, tighter on that spot. So sorry, misspoke. Hillary Curry is first there too, but she's got uh, multiple golfers who are pushing her for that top spot and multiple from Blue Valley West alone, which uh, we weren't sure uh, how they'd look after winning the state title last year, graduating uh, four-time champion, Julie Mesmer. And, uh, you know, it's hard to replace a a golfer of that caliber, but uh, they just have so many and, you know, not just uh, Kim pushing to the top, uh, but Mia Rodriguez uh, has been another one who has had herself in the mix uh, for, you know, the first place uh, at, you know, any golf tournament they enter. And right now, Blue Valley West uh, was able to 
hold a 34 stroke lead over runner up blue Valley in that first leg. So uh, they'll be right there in contention for the, the team title and have a couple golfers who can, uh, you know, push up to that top, uh, you know, six, a spot. And then, you know, courier and, and, five, a will be uh, extremely tough to beat. Uh, there's a, you know, another one was a Lawrence invitational was a, a lot of the, the golfers in the area just played. And, uh, you know, a little eye popping was, uh, Shawnee mission East, uh, Ellis slicker, uh, finished with a 71, uh, eight strokes, uh, above, uh, Claire Sullivan of a late, the Northwest. And then, uh, the Ravens also have Mackenzie Kelso was third at 80. And that was, a you know, Ellis Lickers had a pretty good year, but uh, to be able to have such a dominant win there at the Lawrence Invitational against a very loaded field uh, will definitely mean she's she's going to be in the mix there with those top golfers in 6A. You know, Ricky uh, Hayes has had a really nice season out west and looks like also Colby's uh, Anna Starbuck is back to her form of being a top contender. Uh, those seem to be some highlights from, from out west for you. Yeah, with with Hayes, uh, you know, obviously kind of flying under the radar a little bit. Uh, they were second to Capen last year, but they were second to Capen by, you know, a ton, a ton of strokes. But this year I think they can maybe close the gap a little bit. Uh, you know, no one, no one golfer who's going to, you know, shoot, shoot maybe like a kin, like a Kinsley or somebody like that, but a really, really solid, deep team. Um, I think Mark Watts said that they, they have confidence in six or seven golfers. So they depth has been a really strong point for them. And then uh, when you talk about Colby, uh, you know, Anna Starbuck was battling a wrist injury all year last year, but you really couldn't tell it. I mean, she ended up finishing uh, second at state uh, behind Margaret, Margaret Olick from Wichita Collegiate. And then, uh, you know, and Brindley Sims is another top, top, top golfer for Colby. So I think, you know, they've been runner up the last three years and I know Colgan's tough. Colgan returns everybody from last year, but I think, you know, I think they think that they have another shot yeah, again this uh, year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, kind of head and shoulders above everybody right now. Uh, that freshman edition that they've had has been just outstanding for them. Addison Douglas and uh, boy, it, it, I really have a hard time seeing anybody being able to knock them off this year. after they barely edged Winfield last year, but uh, we'll see how that uh, starts shaping up here next week. Uh, and the week come with state right around the corner. Um, looking at some other sports, Mac, the, uh, the Rimrock Invitational. How did you survive it this year? Uh, it's, a cra- it's craziness. There's uh, like ants. It was almost like uh, Memorial Stadium emptied all its people out onto the Rimrock course. There were that many people out there. So, which normally isn't saying much, but uh, this past <laughs> weekend it was saying quite a bit. So, uh, how was Rimrock? It seemed like there was some great races. Yeah, once I got to the course, I think it was great. I'm a little scared for when we have 6A, 5A, and 3A uh, out there for, for state because uh, very long line to get there. We watched – I had a whole race. It was uh, – I, I think I broke uh, a record. I got there in 1433.08, but I got passed by like a bunch of cross-country runners who were going up the road. Uh, as I'm stuck there in line trying to park. But once I got parked, it was good. And there was a lot of good races out there. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think 
what we had already known, uh, you know, if you looked at the Olathe Twilight Classic that I was out at, uh, Shawnee Mission East uh, as a team and, and Wyatt Houghton uh, as their top runner, uh, you, you're never sure after that race how much those times will hold up because it's such a different course, uh, very fast times, uh, but it definitely held up. Shawnee Mission East was able uh, to, to win the gold race for boys and Houghton finished first, but it wasn't by all that much. Uh, Colby King from Aquinas uh, was just seconds behind him. And uh, it, when you're out there at, at Rimrock, I, I don't think I've seen too many where the person in first uh, didn't get a, a pretty big advantage over second place. Not too many last second finishes, but there was one. And, uh, you know, I was glad I got a couple good photos of that when they're crossing the line. But uh, those two were booking it. And uh, I think Colby thought he could catch him. He was a couple seconds off. That will definitely, uh, you know, look for Houghton to be uh, a clear front runner for 6A and Colby King to be a front runner for 5A because uh, those two boys are really fast. And then, uh, you know, on the girls' side for 6A, uh, same thing that it's been. Olathe West is uh, just so good that I uh, just, you know, uh, Never want to count any other team out, but pencil them in uh, to be able to repeat as state champions because they're really fast. And uh, I think we talked in the preview. We uh, we were trying to figure out who makes it into the cross country girls, and it was like, well, you know, we we try to balance out some some teams. We don't want to put like four from one team, but we probably could have done that for late the West. And I know uh, Karis Robinson was the first one uh, on the out, and I think her dad. Uh, poked a little fun at us. He commented on there and said, uh, no, Karis Robinson. And then he had a gift from the office uh, where uh, he, he's writing in the notebook, keeping names. So apparently we're on the we're, we're part of the motivation for Karis Robinson. Uh, she's been top runner for Olathe West, all but I think maybe one race uh, where I think it was Bree, uh, Bree Newport uh, got it. And, but I mean, honestly, it, I still think it's true what we said at the beginning of the year. There are four runners on that team that in any race could be number one. And it's not even because one of them's having a bad day. It's because one of them's having a really good day. So watch for uh, Olathe West to be able to win that. And then uh, I uh, kick it to, to you, Brent, for a feel-good story. You wrote a feature for uh, Topeka West. Uh, star runner out there who made a comeback. He ended up getting that win. So I'll let you uh, tell us about his season that uh, just keeps, uh, you know, getting better and better every race he runs. Yeah, I would have, I would have liked to seen Lenny and the Rotors at the Peak of West uh, maybe run in that, in that big race with, uh, with Houghton and, and Colby King and just kind of see where he stood up there. But he ran in one of the other divisions and, and won the race, which, uh, you know, this is a kid who's, who came back from a broken, uh, a broken foot, uh, or broken, yeah, broken foot leg, broken leg two years ago, missed all of cross country season last year and, uh, is back this year and has won all but one of his races so far and, and looks great, uh, as one of the top times, uh, in, in the state this year. In fact, uh, what at going into Rimrock, he had the top time posted that wasn't at the, uh, the Olathe Twilight. So, um, Lenny's had a great season and he still doubles up, played soccer, which is how he broke his leg in the first place, but, uh, elected not to give that sport up. So he plays soccer and does cross country in the fall for speak of West and is just having a great season. So, um, he's been a, he's been a tremendous story, a great kid, uh, 
came from Kenya, uh, moved to, moved to the USA when he was little to live with his dad and, and, uh, has been just a tremendous runner for Topeka West. So, um, let's take a look at some other sports, uh, some volleyball action of note. Uh, I'll be having a story come out, uh, later this week on Southeast Helene girls volleyball, uh, ended Beloit's 50 match league winning streak in the, in the North Central Activity Association League. So, um, a big shout out to Southeast Elite for getting that done. They just won the Lions tournament uh, the weekend before. Um, so they've, they've already got 14 wins. They had 16 all of last year. So um, that, that program really, really ramping it up. Uh, three years ago, they had five wins as a team. So uh, they're a program on the rise and really serves some notice. Uh, beating Little River and Ellenwood at the Lions tournament and then splitting with Malloy in a, in a big, uh, big, league match uh, here earlier this week. And Scott, you got to see Andale and Circle, two of the top teams in, in 4A uh, last week, and uh, that's, that was a match that didn't disappoint. Yeah, that was a, a really a kind of a state atmosphere at that one, and, and Circle hosted uh, you know, the triangular with Andale and Bueller, and, and uh, it was one of those I just thought, I need to get over there and check that one out, and, and it, it didn't disappoint. I, you know, Circle – uh, which beat Andale at the, at the 4A tournament in pool play last year, has another good team, uh, which kind of a tangent on that is that that's a real a real feather in Nemaha Central's cap to beat Circle in tournament play last weekend. But, but getting back to Andale, you know, with, with Mackenzie Fairchild and Maddie Schrant, they've just got uh, – they, they're kind of the anchors of, of a team that has nine seniors, and, and they, they look the part. They <clears throat> they they face an early deficit in the, in the first set against Circle, and – and you could just kind of see that there there never was any panic, and that that's a that's a really good team that that went on after the circle victory and, and played in the in the Newton tournament uh, last weekend, won that for the fourth straight year. They finally dropped a set, but the uh, Andover Central took them to three uh, in, in one of the matches. But but uh, Andel's looking you know looking great. At, they're twenty six and zero uh, you know uh, at this point, and and uh, really look like. Uh, a team that's capable of of, of of defending their 4A title, um, and also you know looking elsewhere in the, in the Wichita area, I'd give a, a shout out to Sedgwick. Sedgwick's 28-0, uh, swept Inman in a, in a key Heart of America League uh, matchup the other night. Uh, they're number two in, in 2A, right behind Hillsboro, and and that that Sedgwick Hillsboro, um, you know, those are two teams that that uh, in the Wichita area that. Uh, um, you know, are just outstanding again, again this year. But uh, uh, I think it, last count, Attic it was undefeated as well. So the, there's some teams in, here in South Central Kansas that are that are continuing to roll and and uh, kind of looking forward as we head into October to see how far they can take. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Smith Center had a bunch of question marks coming into the season. Uh, you know, they lost Talon Rensler. They lost Ashton Long. Uh, for a while, they weren't even sure that Talon Rensler's younger sister, Tinley, was going to come out. And she did come out, and she's having a really strong season for them. But, you know, I saw them on Tuesday against uh, at the TMP quad and against Phillipsburger. They were down 20 to 15 in the first set and then they just turned it on completely completely dominated the rest of the match finished that set on a 10-1 run uh the thing that stands out about them is they are just so good defensively i mean they cover the floor so so well and uh 
you know, Cameron Hutchinson's really kind of a spark plug for them. She's a tremendous setter, great defensively. And uh, also Gracie Kirkhoff, she kind of had this, you know, step into more of a go-to, go-to hitter role this year. And, you know, everybody's just improved so much. So I think, you know, I think there'll be another out, tough out again in, in 2A, uh, you know, only there are only two losses this year to Beloit, and we know how good they are. So, uh, and also, you know, I was impressed with Phillipsburg too. I mean, three A, three A is so loaded, but um, they only have three losses on the season, and they have one of the the best players in you know in three A and Heather Skimper, who missed most of last year with an injury, and uh, she's she's committed to Washburn, so that tells you how good she is. But uh, yeah, you know, yeah, those are the two yeah, uh, teams that really right stand now, out to me right uh, now. What about you? Know, just what about looking you, at Five uh, A, uh, St. James Academy just was rolling. Uh, you know, through the the first start of the year, uh, ended up uh, getting out to uh, I believe thirteen wins uh, before uh, they end up losing one to Aquinas, and you know th- that's going to be a matchup uh, that. Uh, should be fun to watch uh, down the stretch because uh, both teams are just completely loaded. And I, I think Aquinas uh, has only lost two so far this year, both to Washburn Rural. Uh, so those two teams uh, are just in a position right now to to, to make 5A extremely interesting. Um, and, and 6A, Olathe West uh, has been one that's uh, really stood out, stepped up, uh, through the early part of the year, uh, just only three losses uh, so far. And it's a a team that, you know, I, I don't know who could possibly beat Washburn Rural at state when uh, seeing them go, seeing uh, Brooklyn Delay, just, just few people command uh, the ball as well as she does. And I, I think this is something I was thinking when I saw her at play at the uh, Metro slam uh, at St. James Academy was uh, if she didn't even get to have kills at the net, if she only had to play from the back row, Brooklyn would still be maybe a top five, top 10 player in the state. That's how good she is. But Olathe West is putting it together where, I think they could make uh, you know a run at them, and that'll be one to watch uh, as we get to the postseason play for volleyball. Um, and uh, Baldwin is uh, another one that's only lost one game this year. Uh, it was to defending three A champ uh, Latha Heritage Christian, and uh, just one that I, again. To go back to the, my beginning uh, segment, talking about Coffeyville or talking about Eudora football, where I was like, it, it's not a surprise, but it's still impressive. Uh, that's kind of where Baldwin is, is uh, putting it all together. They, they had the players. You knew they were capable of it. And to see them play at this level uh, has been uh, really exciting uh, this year. So that's another one to keep an eye on as we get here uh, deep into the season. Yeah, in my area, uh, Scott alluded to Nemahawk Central. They've been playing great. Uh, the, the Big Seven's really tough. I've already featured uh, Hiawatha kind of coming back off its strong season. Royal Valley off to a great start. Um, and Nemahawk Central just won the Wamigo Invitational. And uh, that's their third tournament victory of the year so far. So Nemahawk Central really playing some uh, great volleyball. And then uh, 
The other team I've been kind of intrigued by is Seaman. You know, they've had to deal with some injuries early and then lost another player uh, to a knee injury uh, midway through the season. But they just won their home tournament and beat Olathe Heritage Christian twice at that tournament. So um, a big tournament victory for a Seaman team that, uh, you know, had some had some questions a little bit uh, just about, uh, you know, how they were going to be with you know, with some of their players uh dinged up and they're uh, they're answering it after a little bit of a slow start so um those are some good uh good teams from the area so far here uh, we'll get get some more into volleyball here in the coming weeks uh soccer wise uh you know the beat goes on here washburn world continues to dominate the centennial league uh, uh other teams out there that are grabbing your guys' attention yeah, I'd have to go with May South down here in the Wichita area. They're they're nine and zero heading into a match today, and and have just been dominant. Uh, they're they're currently number three in five A, uh, behind Aquinas and Blue Valley Southwest. Looks like they've got a team. They made it to the finals last year, and look like looks like they have a team that could could do that again. I mean, they've got the firepower. Uh, Peter Jeremel just committed to Clemson this week. He's a tremendous player, and, and just everything kind of goes through him for for May South, and he's having another great season. Uh, you know, in the four four through one A, uh, Augusta and Rose Hill are setting three four behind uh, Miege and Kansas City Christian, and and Augusta won a kind of a, a pretty spirited battle with Rose Hill this week uh, two nothing. So, uh, you know, Augusta usually is a pretty high powered scoring team, but uh, uh, was able to to win a pretty good defensive battle that uh, here earlier this week. So they're looking strong again after going to the semifinals last year and. And really, those are the teams uh, here in the Wichita area that have kind of caught my attention. Uh, and I know Ricky out west. I, it's just when these Wichita schools run into to Dodge City, it's been a it's been a train wreck. I, can you kind of speak to what they've done uh, this season? Yeah, I mean that's really. I think it's really big for Western Kansas soccer to have a team like Dodge City that can really should that shows they can really compete with any with anybody. Obviously, uh, you know, last year they made it to the quarterfinals. The year before, you know, they won state. Uh, you know, I think they just have a lot of different weapons. I know, uh, you know, they had so much turnover last last year and still figured it out this year. I think they have a little bit more experience. I know. Uh, Erwin Macias in the midfield is, is big for them. I think he kind of makes everything go go for them. And they've just got, like I said, they've just got talented players all around. So I think, you know, they're obviously another team to watch in 6A. And for me out uh, east, uh, Aletha West is one that, uh, you know, uh, some key players graduating, but uh, still has a chance to, to uh, run it back this year. They started out, uh, I believe, 8-0. Uh, ended up dropping uh, a game last week uh, to Shawnee Mission West, uh, but ended up getting a, a, another win uh, over Lawrence, and we'll end up facing uh, Elite South this evening, trying to get back on that win streak. But uh, that's been a team this year that they haven't missed a beat uh, uh, to to start out this year. Um, and then uh, big one to to keep note on though is the other uh, top team right now. Uh, Shawnee Mission East, uh, number two in the the six A uh, recent coaches poll, uh, they're six zero oh, and two, uh, and they're going to have Olathe West, Shawnee Mission East battling it out uh, October fourth. So uh, that will be a really big game coming up, and will give us a pretty good uh, look into what might end up being uh, one of those uh, you know state semi matchups uh, because those two teams are are, are really good. And we'll get that preview early. Uh, 
five a is a, pretty much what you'd expect. Uh, Aquinas right now, uh, staying at the top of the heap. Uh, they were able to get the win over reigning champ, uh, Blue Valley Southwest. Uh, so they're in a pretty good position here going down the stretch, uh, try to win that EKL title. And as we know, uh, if you can win an AKL title, there's a pretty good chance you're going to bring home a, a, a state championship. Uh, so that's, uh, where we're at there. And then, uh, I don't know how long, uh, how much time am I allotted to talk about Bishop Miege being the top 4A <laughs> team? Brand new team, roster's gone. They throw in a bunch of players. I mean, guys that already had a little bit of experience, but most of uh, the, the core uh, is being replaced. They have a very small roster. It's like, well, what can they do except stay at number one uh, the entire season? Uh, you know, obviously, when they face a bunch of 6A teams, the record stays around uh, 500, but uh, seeing the teams that they've been able to beat and they're really going, uh, you know, don't doubt it all. Bishop Miege is still the team to beat in 4A. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, some things just don't change, really. So um, that covers pretty much all the all the sports. Um, we'll touch on gymnastics a little bit here as they get closer to their, uh, their postseason, which will be uh, sometime early next month as well. So we'll, uh, we'll get into more some, some more gymnastics talk as we go along with this podcast but uh that covers uh, the past couple weeks here um, i know scott made it out to a student council uh conference out at uh where was that out at what um yeah it was at, a, eisenhower? It was at a god yeah goddard eisenhower is one of the eight stops that the of the acacia regional stuco conferences and and uh really just a kind of neat to sit on on that and observe there you know there's um uh, uh Keisha's uh, keynote speaker for for the uh, for the eight stop tour was uh, uh, the amazing T Street, and she is a, just a wonderful motivational speaker uh, from Ohio, and really uh, uh, just has a message that resonated with the kids, I think, and just just a hilarious storyteller, and uh, you know it was great to connect the dots and and uh, you know with with her message uh, through humor, and and I think the kids were really accept- receptive to that. Um, that tour wraps up today, you know, the day we're taping this, the final uh, Keisha conference is, is at Wilson High School. Uh, so just a, a lot of kids getting a lot of positive uh, influence and impact out of, out of that situation, I think. And then I'd also on the activity side, last Friday, I was up at the McPherson High School um, early in early September. They were named the, the Keisha Performing Arts School of Excellence Award winner. And and uh, Friday was their homecoming, uh, their homecoming football game against Circle, and and the uh, Keisha executive director uh, Bill Fathlick and, and assistant uh, uh, Craig Mantiple, Ken Mantiple was there for to present them uh, their award. And McPherson really did a good job of of uh, uh, embracing that. I thought they really kind of made it a, a special thing, and uh, had a school a ceremony at the school in the afternoon, and then at the game that night. Uh, brought all the performing arts kids out uh, onto the the field and and had a recognition and, and you know you, you could just tell it's a McPherson is kind of it's kind of that community that embraces that type of thing. There's you know it's a big enough school where where kids can kind of do their own thing, but when you see what they did collectively with the with their band programs, their drama, their 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 debate, you know you just take put it all together and and uh, really uh, an exceptional an exceptional award for McPherson High School. Yep, sounds like a great deal. And, uh, you know, this week, the uh, Activity Association, in, a, in conjunction with the National Federation of High Schools, put out a little op-ed piece about uh, 
about officials and being kind to our officials as, as parents, as coaches, as student athletes. And, uh, you know, you can't emphasize that enough. Uh, you know, it's, it's not a job that most people want to do, but it's a job that most people uh, feel like they can do uh, from where they're sitting or, or their perspective is on the field. But it's not an easy job. If it was, the state wouldn't have, uh, have the shortages it has. And if, uh, if, we, if we keep treating our officials um, without respect, we're not going to have officials and we're not going to have high school sports. And that's what uh, we don't want to happen. We want high school sports to keep going because not only is that what we, our passion is, um, I'm sure it's the passion of these kids and these parents. They love seeing their kids compete. Kids love competing. Coaches love coaching. And we want there to be an environment and an arena for that. So um, but just to piggyback off that top ed, just think twice before you, uh, before you are so quick to admonish a, a, a referee or an official. Um, we all make mistakes. Uh, nobody's perfect. And they do the job the best that they can do, just as you try to do the job the best you can do as a parent, as an employee, uh, as a, as a spouse, everything. So, um, let's, let's, and let's make this a welcoming profession, not profession that people shy away from. So with that, uh, we'll wrap up our, uh, our second podcast of the year. Again, thanks to, uh, Capital Federal for, uh, for being our sponsor. And thanks again to, uh, to our uh, intro from Jacob Mann of Lewisburg, our Cat Fed True Student of the Week, who provided us with that music intro. Uh, we look forward to seeing you again in a couple of weeks, and we'll really dive into the postseason on tennis and golf. <laughs>